ಸಹನಾವದು ಸಹನೋಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಓಂದಸ ಮೃಷಭ ವಿಶ್ವೃತಸಂಭೂವ ಸೇಂದ್ರ ಮೇಧಯ ಸ್ಪೃಣೋತು ಅಮೃತ ದೇವಧಾರಣೋಭೂಯಾಸರೀರಂಚರ್ಷಣ ಜಿಹ್ವಾ ಮೇ ಮಧುಮತ್ತಮ ಕರ್ಣಾಭ್ಯೂರಿ ವಿಶ್ರುವ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣ ಕೋಶಿ ಮೇಧಯ ಪಿಹಿತ ಶ್ರುತ ಮೇ ಗೋಪಾಯ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಓಂ ವೃಕ್ಷ ಕೀರ್ತಿಪೃಷ್ಠಿರೇವ ಪವಿತ್ರೋವಾಜಿನೀವಸ್ಮೃತಮಸ್ಮೆ ದ್ರವಿಣಗಂಸವರ್ಚಸ ಸುಮೇಧಾಮೃತೋಕ್ಷಿತ ಶಂಖೋರ್ವೇದಾನುವಚನ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಓಂ ಪೂರ್ಣಮದ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಿದ ಪೂರ್ಣಪೂರ್ಣಮುದ್ಯತೆ ಪೂರ್ಣಸ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಾದಾಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಸ್ಮೃತಿಪುರಾಣಾಲಯಂಕರುಣಾಲಯಂಭಕ್ಪಾದಶಂಕರಂಶಂಕರಂಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವಂಬಾದರಾಯಣಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಕೃತೌ ವಂದೇ ಭಗವಂತನಃ ಪುನಃ ಈಶ್ವರೋ ಗುರುರಾತ್ಮೇಧಿ ಮೂರ್ತಿಭೇದ ವಿಭಾಗಿನೆ ವ್ಯೋಮವ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾಯ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಾಮೂರ್ತ ನಮಃ ಗುಕಾರಸ್ತಂಧಕಾರಸ್ತಕಾರಸ್ತನ್ನಿವರ್ತಕ ಅಂಧಕಾರ ನಿರೋಧಿ ಗುರುರಿತ್ಯಭಿಧೀಯತೆ ಸದಾಶಿವಸಂಭ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯಮ್ಯಮ ಅಸ್ಮದಾಚಾರ್ಯಪರ್ಯಂತ ವಂದೇ ಗುರುಪರಂಪರಾಂ ನಮಃಶ್ರೀ ಶಂಕರಾನಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕರ್ಮಣೆ 
only verse 23 you can read buddhi karma indriya prana buddhi karma indriya prana pancha kairmana sadhya pancha kairmana sadhya shariram saptadashabihi shariram saptadashabihi sukshmam tallinga muchyade ೀಶ ಹಿರಣ್ಯಗರ್ಭ 
And Ishvara, who is the one identified with Maya, when he identifies with the totality of all the subtle bodies, comes to be called Hiranyagarbha. Hiranyagarbha is Samasti or the totality and Tejasa is Vesti or individuality. Principle is the same. It is only Chidatma, it is Param Brahma. <coughs> How when identified with individual subtle body comes to be called Tejasa. When functioning through the totality of all the subtle bodies comes to be called Hiranyagarbha. <coughs> And thus the discussion of what we call subtle body. Now the author proceeds to explain to us the creation of what we call the gross body and the whole gross creation. Says now in the introduction of the verse 26, Evam linga shariram tadupadikau taijas heran nigarbhau cha darshaitva sthula shariradi utpatti siddhaye panchi karanam nirupaitum aha. <coughs> Evam in this manner, Linga Shariram Darshaitva showing how Linga Sharira or the subtle body came into being and what it consists of. Tadupajikau Taijasa Hiranyagarbhau. How the Linga Sharira Upajikau, meaning that one who is, who is identified with the Linga Sharira or the subtle body. So one identified with the individual subtle body comes to be called Taijasa. One identified with the totality of all subtle body comes to be called Hiranyagarbha. Having shown all of this, now Sthula Shariradi Utpatti Siddhe is trying to explain the experiences that we have. So we have the experience of the mind, we have experience of subtle body, we have the experience of ignorance, we have the experience of gross body, and so all of this must be explained. What is the nature of the gross body? how it came into being, what is its cause, why is it there, what is its function, what is the nature of subtle body, what from it is made, what is its function, what is the cause of all of this, all this whole scheme has to be understood. And this whole scheme is being described. In that description now we come to this gross body. Now, by definition gross means that which is perceptible, by definition subtle is that which is not perceptible, and now so far we have what we call the five subtle elements and the organs of perception etc. created from the combination of the elements, from the aspects of the elements. But when we come to the gross body and the gross creation, we now jump a stage when we come from the imperceptible to the perceptible. And so something must happen to the subtle elements before they become perceptible. <coughs> Because when the elements are subtle, we don't perceive them like the mind cannot be perceived by senses. In, in order for those elements to become perceptible, some process of grossification must happen. And that process in Vedanta, as you know, is called Panchi Karanam. The fivefold combination. So those subtle elements undergo certain kind of a combination and they become gross. This is the idea. <coughs> And so first this Panchi Karanam or the process of grossification must be explained and then the author can explain how from those five gross elements then the body and the whole world and everything is made. So before describing the creation of the gross body, the author first describes what we call the process of grossification 
और पंचीकरणम स्थूल शरीर आदि उत्पत्ति सिद्ध है इन ऑर्डर टू अराइव एट द क्रिएशन ऑफ द स्थूल शरीर एक्सेट्रा पंचीकरणम निरूपयुतम दैट पंचीकरणम इज अ नेसेसरी प्रोसेस बिफोर दैट एंड दैट इज व्हाट द ऑथर हु इज डिजायरस ऑफ डिस्क्राइबिंग द प्रोसेस ऑफ पंचीकरणम और ग्रोसिफिकेशन सेज इन द वर्सेस 26 एंड 27 सो 26th वर्स इज तद्भोगाय पुनर्भोग्य भोगायतन जन्मने पंचीकरोति भगवान प्रत्येक तद्भोगाय अगेन फॉर द एंजॉयमेंट और एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ दिस जीवास इज इंडिविजुअल सोर्स और इंडिविजुअल इंडिविजुअल्स भोग्य भोगायतन जन्मने इन ऑर्डर फॉर मी टू गेन वेरियस एक्सपीरियंसेस इट इज नेसेसरी टू हैव द ऑब्जेक्ट्स द ग्रॉस ऑब्जेक्ट्स शब्द स्पर्श रूप रस गंध दिस फाइव फोर ऑब्जेक्ट्स ऑफ द वर्ल्ड आर नेसेसरी द सेंस ऑर्गन्स आर ऑलरेडी देयर टू एक्सपीरियंस देम बट व्हाट इज टू बी एक्सपीरियंस थ्रू द सेंस ऑर्गन्स दोस ऑब्जेक्ट्स मस्ट बी देयर and also as you said the subtle body requires always an ashram requires a dwelling place and so this gross body also should be there so gross body must be there the objects to be experienced must be there and also we must have a location like earth remaining where we can gain this different experiences so bhogya bhogya means object of experience that which is experience namely the gross objects bhogayatana भोगायतन आयतनम आयतनम मीन्स अबोर्ड सो रिमेनिंग वेयर यू गेन डिफरेंट एक्सपीरियंसेज दैट इज ऑल्सो रिक्वायर्ड एंड ऑल द लोकास्ट ऑल द डिफरेंट वर्ल्ड अप्रोप्रिएट प्लेसेज आर ऑल्सो रिक्वायर्ड फॉर गेनिंग द एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ दो सब्जेक्ट जन्म ने इन ऑर्डर टू क्रिएट दिस सो लॉर्ड फॉर हाउ टू क्रिएट दिस थिंग्स भगवान पंची करोदी भगवान मिस लॉर्ड प्रत्येकम वेदादिकम पंची करोदी He takes each one of these five elements, space, air, etc., panchi karoti, and then he he makes a combination, a five-fold combination, and that is how the gross elements are created. <coughs> Going to the the tika, the subject of this whole verse is Bhagwan. That's his subject. <coughs> so that's first taken. Bhagwan, who is Bhagwan? भग अस्ति भगवान दवन हु पसेसिस भग इज कॉल भगवान ऐश्वर्यादि गुण षटक संपन्न है दे कॉमनली डिस्क्राइब द सिक्स भग भग मीन्स ग्लोरीज सो दिस सिक्स फोल्ड ऐश्वर्य और द सिक्स फोल्ड एट्रीब्यूट द वन हु हैज इन एप्सोल्यूट मेजर इज कॉल भगवान और द लॉर्ड ऐश्वर्यादि बिगिनिंग फ्रॉम ऐश्वर्य ऐश्वर्य मीन्स द रूलरशिप गुण षटक संपन्न है वन इज पोजेस्ट ऑफ द सिक्स फोल्ड पावर्स वॉट इज ऐश्वर्य समग्र धर्म से यश श्रिय वैराग्य मोक्षतिंगना शंकराचार्य कोर्स इज वर्स इन द थर्ड चैप्टर भगवदगीता वॉट इज कॉल भग द सिक्स थिंग्स आर कॉल भग शाम 
bhaga itingana. The six have ingana or the designation called bhaga. What is it? Aishwaryasya samagrasya. Aishwarya means this power or the overlordship in totality. The total rulership or the overlordship is called Aishwarya. Dharmasya. Then the Lord is the one who possesses dharma or virtue also in absolute measure. Yashasaha, one who possesses yasha. Yasha means the fame, who possesses fame or the great glory in also in absolute measure. Shriyaha, one who possesses shri. Shri means wealth, beauty. So that one who possesses resources, one who possesses them also in absolute measure. Vairagya, so you see, even though Lakshmi, you know, Goddess Lakshmi is wedded to Lord Vishnu. Lakshmi means Shri. So he possesses the Shri or the wealth in absolute measure. But simultaneously he also possesses Vairagya, dispassion also in absolute measure. And therefore we should never feel, we should never get, uh, what shall I say, um, very often this misconceptions get created. When they, you might have heard about Lord Krishna, the kind of, uh, kind of play he used to have, you know, in Vrindavan with his cowherd uh, maidens and whatnot. And, and then Lord Krishna is said to have 16,008 wives, you know. And uh, so you wonder, this is a God uh, who is steeped in, in simply sensuous pleasures or what? He says, no, vairagyasya samagrasya. He possesses vairagya or dispassion in absolute measure. Moksha, he possesses is free in absolute measure and possesses knowledge also in absolute measure. Then he is called, all these things, then he is called Bhagavan. It's interesting, you know, how these things are told in the form of stories. Uh, it is said once, Lord Krishna, as you perhaps know, was dwelling in Vrindavan. And all these uh, gopis were there, you know, the, the cowherd maidens. So it is said that once, now this Vrindavan is situated on the bank of the river Yamuna. And once a great sage, his name is Durvasas, Durvasa, with so many of his disciples happened to come to that place and he was on the other bank of the river Yamuna and now he had to be treated well and therefore it was so these gopis from this end were carrying all sorts of food and everything else in order to offer bhiksha to the sage Durvasa when the gopis were ready now to cross the river all of a sudden there was a great flood in this river Yamuna now how to go? These gopis did not know how to go. They came to Lord Krishna, says, now we have to go, we are getting late and we must go because it's only time for bhiksha. How do we go? He says, you tell the river that if Lord Krishna is a, a celibate, you know, uh, from ever, is ever a celibate, then may, oh, oh river Yamuna, may you give us the way or path if Lord Krishna is celibate or brahmachari. And then Lord Krishna was very well known to have 6,008 wives and what are you talking about, you know? So these gopis could not believe this. But anyway, since they were told, they went and, and, and requested this river Yamuna, if Lord Krishna is celibate, brahmachari, 
is called Anadi Brahmachari. If you Brahmachari from the beginningless time, then please give us the way. And look at the wonder, the river immediately gave way and the gopis crossed and went to the other bank. They fed, you know, they treated uh, Durvasa, says Durvasa very well. He and all his disciples were very well fed. Now gopis wanted to return to this bank, Vrindavan. Again the river was in space. There was a great flood. How to go back? They went back to Sage Durvasa. Says, we don't know how to go back. He says, oh gopis, you go and tell this river. If Durvasa never eats, then please give me, give us the way, you know. He had just eaten all this meal and still it says to the gopis, go and tell the river. If Durvasa has never eaten, then please give us the way. Gopis are surprised. What are you talking? We have fed you. You have eaten in before us. But even then, they go back to the river and says, if Sage Durvasa has never eaten and never eats, then please give us the way. And look at the wonder. We were immediately parted, you know. The way was given and the gopis came, returned back. So this is how things are. Even though apparently enjoying everything, in reality, he's, he enjoys the total vairagya. Apparently eating everything, in reality, he does not eat. So that is how kurvannapi nakaroti. Even though doing, he does not do. That's why he said Bhagavan. Bhagavan means one who possesses his vairagya, dispassion in absolute measure. Moksha, freedom in absolute measure, or the knowledge for moksha, one who possesses that, he is called Bhagavan. So, he is omniscient, omnipotent and everything. <coughs> it is by his sankalpa or by his resolve or by his desire that the whole creation has come into being and it unfolds. So, earlier also it was said, Ishvara Agnaya, by the command of the Lord, the five elements were created from Tamaf Pradhana Prakriti. Now say it further, it is God again, this Bhagavan, the Lord, who is Brahman reflected in Maya, Maya Upahitam Chaitanyam. He now desires that there should be grossification. These five subtle elements should combine with one another in such a manner that we get five gross elements. So Panch Bhagavan, Panchi Karoti, Rasva Bhagavan, Aishwaryadi, Guna Shatka Sampanna, one is possessed of these gunas, all the attributes in absolute measure, Aishwarya, etc. Parameshwaraha. Ishwara means the ruler. Parameshwaraha, the ruler of everyone. So there are so many rulers, or so many kings are there, every department, you know. All the devutas also rule their respective departments. Parameshwaraha, one who is absolute ruler. Punaha, Punarapi, again and again, this goes on in every cycle of creation. So Punaha means again. Again means what? It was done in the past cycle, earlier cycle also. The same kind of thing goes on in every cycle of creation. Tadbhogaya, Tadbhogaya means Tesham, Jivanam, Bhogaya, for the enjoyment of these Jivas. As we say, in, in, in the time of Pralaya dissolution, all these Jivas go to sleep. When they are sleeping, there is no desire. But again they wake up, wake up with the desire. Just as when we go to sleep, all our desires, they are dormant. And during the sleep, deep sleep, there is no desire, there is no memory, there is no knowledge, there is nothing. At that time, all our memories, all our desires, all of them are in what we call a dormant stage or a seed state. 
And what is it that makes us wake up? It is that desire which is now ready to sprout makes me wake up. Otherwise, how would you wake up? So, to fulfill that desire. And so, so what for is the creation? To fulfill the desires of all the jivas. So, at the time of pralaya or dissolution, all these jivas are sleeping. The desires are also unmanifest. And when the desires are now ready to manifest, at that time the creation process begins. And that's the first desire of the Lord, which is a combination of the total desires of all the jivas. <coughs> so these jivas are individual souls or individual uh, entities, they want to gain experiences. The desire to gain experience comes from ignorance, as we said. Ignorance creates a sense of inadequacy. And that creates a first desire to get rid of the inadequacy. And because of ignorance, I think that if I gain such and such thing, then I'll be complete. And therefore, these jivas want to experience different objects of the world. And so, purpose of creation is to provide all these jivas a right field of experience so that they can experience or fulfill their desires. So, it is said, Tad bhogaya tesham jivanam bhogaya eva for the sake of providing the right field of experience for these jivas. Bhogya bhogayatana janmane for the creation of bhogya and bhogayatana. What is bhogya? Bhogya say four kinds of uh, jivas or four kinds of living beings as they identify based on the process of birth. So this is a very, there are interesting classifications. So a classification of the kind of food based on the method that you eat. Also here, the, the living beings are classified in fourfold ways based on the process of birth. Jarayujadi, so Jarayuja, one who is born of, from the womb, like all the mammals, human beings and other mammals, they would be Jarayuja. Then we have Andaja, those which are born of eggs. Uddhijaya, those which are born of earth. They split open the earth like the vegetables and plants, etc. And Swedaja, those which are born out of Sweda, sweat, etc. Like the lice and so on, they think that, well, I don't know. But, so this is the, these four kinds of uh, living beings are there, classified from the process of birth. So, Jaravayujadi, Chaturvida, Sharira, Jatasyacha, Janmane, Utpatte, and so, depending upon the kind of experience you want, see, God has to create so much. Imagine the spectrum of desire we must have been entertaining. The, the spectrum of the kinds of bodies available shows the spectrum of desire we must have been entertaining. Because certain desires can be fulfilled only through certain upadis or certain bodies. And so we have 84 lakhs, as they say. 8.4 million are the varieties of this this, uh, this Upadis, a variety of bodies are there, 8.4 million. In fact, they have counted also some of them. And they have counted up to 6 million or something like that, you know. But it is commonly said, 8.4 million varieties of, of these uh, Upadis or bodies are there. And that represents the spectrum of the kind of experiences we can gain. And I must be willing them, otherwise I must be desiring them. Therefore, next time I am born as a mosquito or born as anything else, depending upon the kind of thing that I want to enter, enjoy. So, in order to enable these jivas to fulfill all their desires, Lord has to create all this variety of different bodies. 
and then some everybody there will be somebody who will want to become a dog also somebody wants to become a cat somebody wants to become a mosquito somebody wants to become a moth and so on and so forth because somebody will have that kind of desire anyway and they say that the population of dogs is increasing that shows the kind of desires you know this a population of mosquitoes is increasing well the kind of desires that we entertain <coughs> janmane utpattaye for the creation of this creation of the objects of enjoyment and creation of the different bodies through which these enjoyments can take place vedadikam akashaadi bhutapanjakam these five subtle elements beginning from space pratyekam each one of them ekaikam panchi karoti apanchatmakam panchatmakam sampadyamanam karoti Whereas at the moment each of the elements is pure. That's why it is called Tanmatra. All of them now become Panchatmaka. Each one of them becomes fivefold. So each element has then the, each element then has also the fraction of other four elements. So there is no pure element now. Once this process of grossification takes place, the elements lose their purity and they combine with other elements and thus they become gross. <coughs> This is a Prayavaga in Sanskrit, Panchi Karoti, Apanchatmakam, Panchatmakam Karoti, Duri Karoti, Aduram Duri Karoti. So that which is Duri, that which is near is made away, that's called Duri Karanam. Or Panchi Karanam, that which is presently not in the state of Panchi Karanam is made Panchi Karanam, that is called Panchi Karoti. कथम एकैकस्य पञ्चपञ्चात्मकं पञ्चपञ्चागत पञ्चपञ्चात्मकत्वम् इत्यतः आहा हाउ कैन वन बिकम फाइवफोल्ड एंड सो दैट प्रोसेस इज डिस्क्राइब इन द वर्स 27 द्विधा विधाय चैकैकम् चतुर्धा प्रथमं पुनः स्वस्वेतरद्वितीयांशैःयोजनात्पञ्चपञ्चतेयोजनात्पञ्चपञ्चतेयोजनात्पञ्चपञ्चतेयोजनात्पञ्चपञ्चतेयोजनात्पञ
and then one of each of the four elements and thus you have what we call again the total number of cards in each uh, pack remains the same but now the composition is different it has 50% of its own element and 12.5% of each of the four elements and thus you have what we call a panchikrita uh, every element which is having five fold you know five aspects all the five aspects are in each element <coughs> that's what is said here so dvidha vidha the tikagar explains that vedadikam ekaikam dvidha dvidha all these elements beginning from space each one of them dvidha dvidha is divided into half each one of them is divided whenever you repeat this dvidha dvidha means that in each one is divided into two so repetition shows that it applies to all of them so dvidha dvidha means each of the five elements is divided into two now the tika gara says dvidha dvidha but the verse says dvidha only once you see dvidha vidha chaikaikam so there there is a comment that tantrena uccharito dvidha shabda hai the dvidha shabda hai tantrena uccharito this tantra is a technical word is a, is a technical word in grammar and what it means is that utterance of more than one words when they follow each other utterance once of more than one word is called tantra so what is intended to be said here by the author is dvidha dvidha vidhaya however he utters that word dvidha only once instead of uttering twice he intends to in fact imply that dvidha dvidha he wants to utter twice instead of that he utters only once so uttering once where the intention is to utter more than once that particular method is called tantra so tantrena uccharitah dvidha shabdah this word dvidha is is uttered by the author by this method tantra meaning that he means dvidha dvidha he wants to imply that this word dvidha is there are two words but he utters it only once therefore the tikagara said vidadikam ekaikam dvidha dvidha vidha means krutva bhagadvayopetam krutva ityartha meaning that each element should be divided into two so each of the five elements is first divided into two punascha punarapi prathamam prathamam bhagam chaturdha bhaga chatushto chatushtayopetam vidhaya iti anusadyate sambandhyate and then you take first half of each of them and prathamam prathamam bhagam take the first half of each of the five elements and chaturdha vidhaya divide that again into four and thus you have half and one eighth four as four portions of one eighth <coughs> then what svasvetara dvitiyamshehi स्वस्मात् स्वस्मात् इतरेषां चतुर्णां चतुर्णां भूतानां यो द्वितीय यो यो द्वितीय स्थूलो भागः तेन तेन सह प्रथम प्रथम भागांशानां चतुर्णां चतुर्णां मध्ये एकैकस्य योजना संस्कृत इज मोर डिफिकल्ट देन द अंडरस्टैंडिंग यू नो एंड सो ऑल यू हैव टू डू इज टेक दैट वन एट्स फ्रॉम ईच एलिमेंट एंड देन सप्लाई टू स्व इतर अदर देन इट्सल्फ thus we have akasha element space divided into two first half second half divided again into four 
Now one eighth of Akasha goes four, half. So one eighth of Akasha goes into fire, one eighth of Akasha goes into Vayu, one eighth of Akasha goes into water, one eighth of Akasha goes into earth. Take Vayu, one eighth of Vayu goes into Akasha, one eighth of Vayu goes into fire, and thus you have this combination. And so finally, each element has 50% of its own and 12.5% of each of the other four. So what we perceive, for example, fire, which we perceive, is not pure fire. 50% of the element fire, and there is a, a fraction of space in there, fraction of water in there, fraction of earth in there, fraction of air in there, which you find in fire. So from fire you have smoke, you know, that smoke is because of the earth element, dark. From fire there is vapor also, that is because of the water element. And then the fire, of course, uh, there is uh, there is heat and the, 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 the air also coming out from there. So that is due to the element air in there. Thus in the element fire, there is predominance of fire, but also the presence of the other four elements. And so also the water, it has certain temperature, which is due to the element fire. It also has, uh, you know, it has certain impurities, other combinations due to element earth and so on and so forth. Each one has the fractions of the other four also. And so what we perceive are what we call the grossified five elements. <coughs> Thus, when this happens, the subtle elements become gross somehow, you know. So far these five elements were subtle, pure. When this impure, when this purity is, uh, is sacrificed and when this combination happens, then each one of those combined elements now becomes gross element. From then becomes a material for the whole gross creation. <coughs> this is a, again, I mean, um, there is no way for us to uh, deny this and no way for us to justify this, but this is what they say. It's, a, it's an explanation and the reason for all this explanation for creation is to understand our experience rather than to insist upon its scientific accuracy, you know. This whole method of five is basically to understand our experience and uh, to understand the nature of things, that's all. Rather than making it or insisting that this is all accurate. Otherwise when scientific discoveries take place, suppose they contradict, then we have to understand it in the, in the proper perspective. Because old scriptures say that the earth is flat, you see. Now we find that the earth is round, what shall we do with that? So there are people who still insist that earth is flat because Bhagavatam says that, you know. Because Bible says that, because his scriptures say that earth is stationary, therefore you cannot accept that the earth rotates. <coughs> it took them, I guess, centuries to accept that. And those scientists who discovered were really persecuted. So this is all, that becomes all dogmatic. Vedanta is not a dogma. Vedanta presents before us this whole process in order to be able to understand life. Because our approach to life is not the kind of the approach that a scientist has. Our approach of the, to the life is to understand the reality of the life. So understand the reality. What is the nature of reality of the creation? What is the nature of reality of this body? That's what we have to understand. And we have to understand what is the Upadhanakaran, the material cause of all this. And ultimately what it means is, whatever it is, is Brahman alone. Sarvam, Brahma. The message here is that Vasudevaha Sarvam. 
as Bhagavad Gita says, whatever there is, is Vasudeva hai. It's nothing but Paramatma, is Brahman. And that is the purpose behind the description of the creation. That is why in different Upanishads we do come across different descriptions for creation. And someone may feel that there is no consistency at all. And they all seem to be all stories, you know, as someone said, cock and bull stories and things like that, you know. So it may look like that. But that's not the intention. Intention is only to show that the world is not the what we call creation is nothing but Brahman. Brahman manifesting itself in the form of creation is what it is. And so creation as it appears is not ultimately real. It depends upon Brahman for its reality and therefore it is mithya. This is the idea. And the details are not important in terms of their accuracy, but they are important in terms of allowing us to, I mean enabling us to contemplate upon the nature of creation. So we want to contemplate upon the nature of creation with reference to the reality rather than with reference to the scientific accuracy or with reference to a mathematical model. That's not the way we contemplate upon the thing. We contemplate upon the creation as it is a manifestation of Brahman or the creation which consists of the fivefold and how we relate with the world, how we receive the different stimuli and how we correspond to the world. To explain that process, this is a, an excellent model. <coughs> Whether in fact there are five elements, well there are no five elements, there are 92 or 102 elements or there is no element at all ultimately, you know. So five elements is, is a method of of underst- analyzing and understanding our experience. And so, anyway, this is a Vedantic process of explaining how the subtle became the gross. What the science explain, I do not know. There is no explanation. How does that energy, which is imperceptible, which is comparable to the Tanmatra or the subtle element, how does it become perceptible, gross, that, that is just a wonder. Because what we call this concrete or this uh, tangible matter consists really of what they call energy, which is not tangible. Not tangible means subtle in our language. Means tanmatra or the pure element. How did they, how does, did it come to become so tangible as though? Now, well, this is a process that they explain. And uh, science may have some other explanation, we do not know. But this is, they understand that somehow the subtle becomes gross. And so they have addressed themselves to all these problems. That's the idea and have come up with these explanations which will enable us to see the transition from the subtle to the gross. Not only that, but when the dissolution takes place and the whole process reverses. The evolution is from the cause to the effect and what we call the dissolution is from effect to the cause. And this process helps us to resolve things from gross to the subtle. So when you want to arrive at the original state, then you keep on resolving the effect into cause, effect into cause, the gross elements into subtle elements, the subtle elements into original, into the prakriti, and that is how you can go back into the source. For that this method is excellent. Because that's what one has to learn to do, to be able to go to the source, or to be able to spot the cause in the effect. And so this cause-effect chain is explained in Vedanta in this manner. <coughs> okay, so we have one.
and therefore they can be casual about it. And so, as though inadvertently, they are just using different processes of creation in a casual manner. That shows that they don't give, they don't look upon it very seriously. They don't think that there is creation actually. There is just an appearance, you know. But then if we would want to know that there is creation, so some process must be there. So therefore the process is given here so that we think we have the satisfaction of having understood the creation. Otherwise the fellow will not proceed further. Now he says, I now understand everything. Then we proceed to tell him, okay, now look at this glass properly. What is it? Is it real? And that so-called, what is it, styrofoam, you know? Is it is a cup or is it styrofoam? Then, now he is available to you. Until you explain to him the process of cup, which he thinks it is, he is not available to listen to you further. He having understood now, I know what this cup is. Now then you draw his attention to the reality of the cup. Is it cup or styrofoam? So cup is mithya. And therefore, that process of creation or how it was manufactured doesn't matter. Whether it was extrusion or what process it was, it is all mithya only, nothing else. But until then, you have to tell him scientifically how styrofoam came into being and what processes went through to become a cup and by what channels it all came here. Then you think that he is satisfied. Then you tell him that what you call cup is nothing but styrofoam and so cup is mithya. Then we are ready to listen to you. So in order to make us ready to listen to what they have to tell, is necessary to create all this background and present this matter in the so-called scientific method manner so that we have the satisfaction of having understood everything. And so in a very systematic manner, the creation is described here. Evam panchikaranam abhidhaya taihi bhutaihi utpadyam karyavargam darshadi So you must know the method of teaching also here. How cleverly they are, uh, uh, they are presenting things. Evam <coughs> in this manner, panchikaranam abhidaya, having stated this panchikaranam, taihi bhutaihi utpadyam karyavargam darshayati. The karyavargam, this whole host of this effect, karya, taihi bhutaihi utpadyam, that which is created from those five gross elements. Now, what is created from these five gross elements? is described in the verse 28. Tairandas tatra bhuvanam bhogya bhoga shrayod bhavaha hiranyagarbhasthulesmin Dehe Vaishwanaro Bhaved Taihi Bhutaihi Andaha Andaha means Brahmanda This whole cosmos is called Brahmanda because it is of the form of an egg if you look around you know the universe looks like of the form of egg so they say that the whole cosmos is before it in fact became all these details developed. First, the whole cosmos was contained in the egg, in the golden egg, Hiranyagarbha. So, Taihi Andam, from the five elements, we have what we call Andam, Andam is Brahmanda, the cosmos in the, the subtle form. 
Tatra Bhuvanam, from that Brahmanda then, all the details of the fourteen worlds, the seven up and seven down, all of them were created. Then Bhogya, why so many kinds of worlds? Why? Because each one of them have peculiar objects of experience. So, different kinds of objects of experience are there, Bhogya, Bhogashraya, each one of them has different kinds of bodies or upadis. So all of these were created. First, Brahman the cosmos, from that all these different fields of experiences, all the different objects there, and all the different kinds of bodies, all of these were created from the five elements. Hiranyagarbha sthule asmindehe vaishvanaro bhavet and that Hiranyagarbha, by identification with this gross cosmos, came to be called Vaishvanaraha or Virat Purusha, the cosmic person. <coughs> Says the Tikakaraha Taihi Panchikritaihi Bhutaihi Upadana Karana Bhutaihi Andaha Brahmandaha Utpadyate Taihi means by those Panchikritaihi Bhutaihi by these five, these five grossified elements Upadana Karana Bhutaihi which become form the upadanam or the material for the subsequent for which become the material cause for the entire gross creation. Andaha Brahmanda Utpadyate, this under Brahmanda, the cosmic egg is first created. <coughs> Tatra there in this Brahmanda the cosmic egg, Brahmandantar Bhuvanani, the different Bhuvanani, the different worlds. Uparibhage Vartamanaha Bhumyadeha Saptalokaha Bhumehe Adasthitani Ataladini Saptapatalani Patalantani So these fourteen worlds are created. Seven up and seven down. What is the world in which we are? It's called Bhulokaha. <coughs> and then there are six worlds above. Bhuvanani Uparibhage Vartamanaha Bhuvaha, Suvaha, Mahaha, Janaha, Tapaha, Satyam. So these are Bhur, Bhuva, Suvaha, Mahaha, Janaha, Tapaha, Satyam. The seven worlds up. Bhumyadaha, Bhumyadi, Saptalokaha, Bhume, Adhasthitani. And there are seven worlds which obtain below this Bhu or the Prutve. Ataladini, Saptapatalantani. Beginning from Atala, ending in Patala. So Atala, Sutala, Vitala, Tala Mahatala, Rasatala, Patala. Atala, Vitala, Sutala, Mahatala, Talatala, Rasatala, Patala. These seven down, these seven worlds are there. So all those down means pain, up means pleasure. That's how we have to understand. So all the worlds which lie above this Prithvi, all of them are worlds where... Uh, Increasing degree of pleasure is experienced, and all the worlds which are supposed to be below earth, their increasing degree of pain is experienced. And so depending upon our karma, we wind up in one of these things. What we perceive is only this world. Swami, so are other worlds there? Is there a heaven? Is there a bhur lokaham, mahar janaha, tapaha, satya lokam? I don't know. Must be there, because they say, but are there all these atala, vitala, sutala, talatala, all this patala? Yes, they also must be there because it is said. Neither can we just, can we prove them nor can we 
disprove them because these are not objects of perception. Should we believe in them? If you want to believe in them. Should we accept them? If you want to accept them. It doesn't affect us. A Vedanta doesn't bother about next life. He doesn't bother about previous life. He doesn't bother about other world. He bothers about now only. But we still present the whole model of previous life, this life, next life, all sorts of things. Why? In order to understand the life that we come across, that we experience. Not that we plan for the next life or that I am bothered about what I did in the past life. I am not bothered. But all sorts of samskaras are brought with me. But this is all your own karma that you are experiencing. Maybe. All your prarabdha, you know, all what you did, you are paying for. Maybe I am paying for it. I don't know when I did it and in what state I did it. I don't hold myself responsible for what I did at that time. If what I did right now presents itself in this form, I will accept it. And so whether there are worlds for suffering, there may be. Other worlds of greater pleasure, they may be. we are interested in none of them. But still, as far as understanding of the creation is concerned, it is necessary to know this thing, that's all. But knowing doesn't mean that I dwell upon the atala, vitala, sutala, talatala, etc. And what they must look like and things like that. Never, I never spent a single moment on any heaven or anything at all because that doesn't interest us. It's interesting that I have this never bothered me at all. Whether heaven is there, that question has never arisen in my mind. Is there a previous birth? I accept it, but I never thought about what I must be in the previous birth. And what will happen to me after I die? That thought never occurs. Means we never dwell upon those things. But we understand that such things are, must be there because it is logical also and because the scriptures say. It is logical that different worlds can be there because we need not imagine or need not insist that the world is confined to what we perceive or that the pot- potential of pain and pleasure is merely confined to what the human being can experience. We need not insist that. After the world can have so many levels of consciousness and so many levels of matter and creation and, and experiences and all of them we cannot experience. What our eyes, ears and the senses can experience is only within a very limited range. And what about the whole world that lies beyond that range? Even it is not available for experience, it may be available for for the living beings in different kinds of upadhyas. We imagine. And so we think that it's possible that there can be subtle worlds above or superior to this earth and there may be other worlds also which are inferior to the earth. These worlds can be there and they talk about it. Something that are seen and, and some people have gone, Narada Muni is supposed to have a passport, you know, and he goes from one world to the other. Because you require certain kind of powers to be able to assume different kinds of bodies to, because uh, just as you must have a certain kind of a space shift, spaceship to go to moon, Special equipment is required, special attire is required. So also for going to Patala, etc., you require a special kind of attire. If you can have that, you can go there. For going to Svarga, etc., you require a special kind of attire. So we find description in the Puranas of such people who are able to do this. And so we imagine these things may be there. But to, to complete the description, that all these 14 worlds were created because this, these are 14 fields of experiences where different kinds of experiences can be gained. 
అతలాదీని సప్త పాతాలాంతాని ఎండింగ్ ఇన్ పాతాల తేషు భువనేషు ఎన్ ఆల్ దిస్ ఇన్ దిస్ డిఫరెంట్ వర్డ్స్ తై తై ప్రాణివి భోక్తం యోగ్యాని అన్నాదీని సో డిఫరెంట్ కైండ్స్ ఆఫ్ లివింగ్ బీయింగ్స్ ఆర్ దేర్ ఇన్ డిఫరెంట్ వర్డ్స్ ఈచ్ వన్ ఆఫ్ దెమ్ రిక్వైర్ డిఫరెంట్ కైండ్స్ ఆఫ్ ఫుడ్ అండ్ డిఫరెంట్ కైండ్స్ ఆఫ్ ఆబ్జెక్ట్స్ ఆఫ్ ఎక్స్పీరియన్స్ ఆల్ ఆఫ్ దట్ మస్ట్ ఇమాజిన్ వాట్ ఎ కంప్యూటర్ ఇట్ మస్ట్ బి కెన్ యూ ఇమాజిన్ the the computer you know the the omniscience of the lord who must take into account the desire of every creature and must design so many kinds of worlds so many kinds of bodies so many kinds of different objects of experience because what we have on the earth is what we experience but what is there in heavens must be different bhuloka hai bhuloka hai swarloka each one of them must have different kinds of objects they must be eating different kinds of rice and different kinds of sweets and if they are eating in this manner and this atala vitala all these different worlds below must have yet another kinds of objects another kinds of bodies another way of enjoying them another way of experiencing them and all of this has been thought about thought of and accordingly created <coughs> who can create this the creator has to be omniscient has to be omnipotent you and i cannot do that so teshu cha bhuvaneshu taihi taihi pranavi bhoktum yogyani annadini food etc which are fit to enjoy by the respective beings in those worlds tatpal lokochita sharirani cha and lokochita sharirani and the bodies which are fit to dwell in those particular worlds because if you are born in alaska your body must be of a certain constitution and born in madras another constitution if you simply shift this man from madras to alaska i guess he'll die and put that alaska man here there is a tattal loka uchita sharirani those bodies which are fit for dwelling in those particular worlds they must be created accordingly see when uh, when you see the cows here their skin they have uh, more hair and everything else to protect them from from this cold indian cows don't have that if you bring those cows here they'll die right away in this weather or if you take this cows there to madras similar fate may be there i don't know so uchita sharirani that also must be thought about and so an intelligence is functioning everywhere it shows how intelligence is everywhere of course perhaps darwin might say that this intelligence is built into the matter he might think it is a matter that is responding isn't it according to him what does evolution mean evolution means that it is the organism which responds to the environment and accordingly develops that is because he cannot accept an intelligence beyond what is perceived but we say that it is the intelligence that is functioning in and through everything and it creates what is appropriate for a given time given place given situation this everywhere if, if you want to see the omniscient god you can see him everywhere because everywhere you find intelligence functioning in a plant when it grows intelligently it grows a cow when it goes about and eats drinks intelligently it does even a, a, a grain of sand is intelligently there everything in the creation shows intelligence intelligence means it is there is a deliberation there as though that everything is deliberately there it is deliberately acting deliberately functioning that shows that intelligence is expressing itself in every form it is that intelligence that is crystallized that comes to be called a glass that intelligence crystallized comes to be called a microphone and therefore intelligence is the content of everything so microphone also is an intelligent entity it functions intelligently in transmitting the sound 
you say that we have created it well, we have created it because there was a potential to create it. But the potential has been built into everything. That is, so thus, that is intelligence. What is created by man and what is not created by man, everything we find intelligence expressing. That intelligence alone is God. And so, that's why it's Ishwar Agnya Jayante. That intelligence is Ishwar Agnya. And so, whatever manifests, whatever is born, the whole scheme is as unfolding. You know, that scheme which has been conceived right at the very first moment, the whole scheme intelligently unfolds itself in the form of this whole cosmos. <clears throat> All of these, this, the places and the bodies and the objects and the, everything is born. So this Thula Sharira also is one of the five gross elements which we know. When this body dies then we find one by one element leaving. That's why we know that this body consisting of five elements ultimately merges into the five elements. The air goes away first and the water goes, fire goes away, then the air, air goes away, fire goes away, water goes away. Then the body ultimately merges into ash or what earth and whatever space it occupied all, all of that also merges. So one of five elements goes back into five elements. <coughs> Evam sthulu patim abhidaya Thus having stated the creation of this sthulu sharira, the gross body Teshu sthulu shariyareshu abhimanavataha hiranyagarvasya Samasti rupasya vaishvara sanyakattvam Ekaika sthulu shariya abhimanavatam Vyasti rupanam tajasanam Vishwa sanyakattvam cha bhavati dhyaha hiranyagarvahiti and now that the gross body is there, that is what we call samashti sthula sharira or the totality of the gross body. That is what we call vyasti sthula sharira or the individual gross body. This hiranyagarbha is nothing but Ishvara, the Lord. So Brahma or Paramatma reflected in Maya is called Ishvara. That Ishvara when he identifies with the totality of the all visual subtle body, when he gets further identified with individual gross bodies, then the Tejasa comes to be called Vishwa. <coughs> Vishwa Sanyagattvam cha bhavati tiyaha Hiranyagarbha sthulesmindehe Vaishvanarohavet This Hiranyagarbha on account of identification with this cross body, the total of the cross body comes to be called Vaishvanara or Virat. <coughs> Says Asmin sthuladehe vartamano Hiranyagarbha Vaishvanarohavet Hiranyagarbha, obtaining in this gross body or identified with the gross body is called Vaishvanaraha. <coughs> okay. Om Puranamadar Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashyakrutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Gururatmeti Murti Bheda Vibhagine 
ಸಂಸ್ಥಿತೇಹಾ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಮೂರ್ತ ನಮಃ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ